0: Hi, you're listening to Coldody Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at coldody.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com/forward/slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Eli Eli Lama Azav Tani my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? First verse of Psalm 22, verse 2, if you're reading from the Hebrew version, because the first verse is technically Mizmur leDavid, the Psalm, the Psalm of David. Why, God, have you abandoned me? Why have you left me? Why have you disengaged me is what the Hebrew word actually means. We're going to look at Psalm 22, the most prophetic psalm David wrote regarding the Messiah this morning. Which book of the Bible mentions Pharaoh's chariot in its first chapter and is read in the synagogue on Pesach? Anyone know? Daniel, Job, or the Song of Songs, or Ecclesiastes? It's the Song of Songs, Shir HaShirim. Did you know that? So if we had our own building, we'd be able to do that because you have plenty of time in Pesach, but we only have our service ones. Anyway, so, if we, so pray. Keep praying. Keep praying that we'll have our own temple campus, and uh, we're praying about that, that, you know, why not donate a property for our temple campus? I'll keep throwing it out there. You're going to need your Bibles for the next few minutes. It's a little different today. We're going to canoe through the last week, I don't know why I'm picturing the the metaphor canoe, but we're going to canoe through the life of Yeshua's life before his death, and then uh, his execution and resurrection, and we're going to look, as I said, at Psalm 22, but look at Gospel of Matthew, so if you do have your Bibles or your phones, look uh, look at uh, Matthew 26, turn there if you would. And we're going to look at 26, 27, and 28 of Matthew. We're just going to stay in the good news, the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's account of those la- that last pas- Passover week of Messiah. And then Psalm 22. Father, we pray, open our eyes to pull wonderful things from your word. Gal eniva va'avita nifla ot me techa b'shem Yeshua. Amen. Lord, help us see. Passover week for Yeshua. The first couple verses happened when Yeshua had finished these words. He said to his disciples, verse 2, Matthew 26, You know that Passover comes in two days, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be executed. So he went through so much. We can't imagine. We just can't even imagine what he went through. He really needed this preparation, all the preparation from the woman at Bethany for what he was about to face, and then the Seder itself, all that he was about to face. And quickly, just looking at these things he went through, as we just looked through these, he went through the anointing from this woman in verse 20, verse 6, when Yeshua was at Bethany in the house of the one who had Sara'at. We, you know, it's, it's used to believe it was uh, leprosy, but it was uh, just a skin disease. The, the, uh, the Metsura, Hama, Simon Hametsura, Simon, the one with skin disease. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive oil, and she poured it on his head. Now, there's another incident in John chapter 12, Yochanan, where Miriam is, uh, pours it on his feet. Whether this is the same one, we don't know. But he poured on his head and he was recli- as he was reclining at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant. And they were saying, why this waste? They're complaining. They're fetching. And uh, they said it could have been sold for a lot of money and given to the poor. And, you know, always there's criticism. Uh, you know, criticism. You know, it's always someone to criticize, right? Instead of they're, they're not in tune with what the Spirit of God is doing and they're crit- critical. But Yeshua, knowing this, said to them, why do you cause trouble for this woman? He defends her. It comes to her defense. She's done me a mitzvah. She's done me a good work. You, owe, you always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. For when she poured this oil on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. He's going to be buried. He's going to be shut out of life for... Three days. He's going to be buried and there's nothing. Shut out of everything. It's going to be dark, dismal. It's going to be. He's being cut off out of the land of the living. As Isaiah 53 says, cut off out of the land of the living for my people's transgressions for whom the stroke was due. He's going to be cut off. He's being prepared. And so God has this woman who's sensitive, tuned into the spirit of God to do this for Yeshua. Thank God for her. Amen, I tell you, he says, wherever the good news is proclaimed in all the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So there's the, this anointing. And now the, then a betrayal by Judas or Judah, Yehuda, In verse 14 next, and Judah of uh, Kriot, the ruling priest, priest said, what are you willing to give me to, if I hand Him over to you, he says to them and they offer him, you know, sorry, weighed out 30 shekels of silver. And so he's betrayed by his one of his own disciples who he had trusted, who was evidently, I guess, the treasurer here and Judah. And now. So that's going to hurt him. No question. Now the first day of matzah, the, now the Passover is coming. The day mat, of Matzot, because seven days, Matzot feast, and Passover. And Yeshua asks his disciples, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? They, or they ask him, rather, where do you want us to prepare the Passover? So the Seder is going to come. And, of course, the Seder tradition developed much over the years. It, wasn't, it was very simple at first. You know, Exodus 12, 8 is what Gamaliel, the uh, mentor of Saul, Apostle Saul, tells is recorded in the Seder saying the three elements of the Passover that you have to, uh, you're, you, you must talk about. What are the three elements? The Passover, Matzah, and the Maror. The Maror, right? The Maror, right. Those three things. Those are the three mentioned in the original Seder. And, very good. And so, he says, uh, go and tell the teacher. gives them instructions. So they go with the Seder and the disciples are preparing the they're they're preparing the passage, but they have no idea the things he goes through. We went through the other night uh, some of those things and more, of course, that with rabbinic tradition and things that have developed in th- on Thursday night. And uh, but but they, the disciples have no clue really to what he's do- going through here. A- and we see here he says, "I tell you, one of you will betray me." He knows in verse twenty one. He knows prophetically that it's going to happen. He, he knows by the Spirit of God. And he, they, and being very sorrowful, they began, each one, to say to him, I'm not the one, am I, master? In a crisis, under pressure, you know, anyone can fail, and they're, they're afraid. But then verse 26, he says, uh, they begin to eat the, the Passover, and he gives the new meanings with his body and his blood, and we know all of this. All this about the, the Passover. And so all of you are going to fall away. And Peter, of course, saying in verse 33, though all fall away, I'll never fall away. You know, he's never going to, not, not me. Everyone else may blow it, but not me. I won't. Well, then Yeshua goes to the place called Gethsemane. And what is Gethsemane? Verse 36, the Garden of Gethsemane. How many have been to the Garden of Gethsemane in Israel? If you've been to Gethsemane, it means the word means oil press. Press, oil press. He was crushed like the oil comes out of the crushed olives. He was crushed even here, even here. He went through so much. And he, in Gethsemane, he's praying. He says, sit here and I'm going to go pray. He's under so much pressure. If you think you've been under pressure, look at what Yeshua went through in this time. Look at what he went through. He says he began to be sorrowful and be troubled. And verse 38 He says, my soul is deeply grieved, deeply grieved. You've been grieved. You grieve. He grieved, too, even to the point of death. He wanted to die. He felt like he wanted to die. If you've ever felt like that, so did Yeshua. So did Yeshua. Stay here and keep watch with me. He needed others. We heal in community. We need each other, right? Right. He, he says, he needs, says, I need you guys, to stay here and watch with me. But they didn't, they didn't weren't able to keep awake. They're falling asleep on him. They did their best, but he still, it still, no one they couldn't come through like he they he they, they wanted to or he wanted them to. He falls on his face and prayed. My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. Yet not as I will. I want it to pass, but not as I will, but as you will. God, I'm giving it to you ultimately. I'm trusting you ultimately. I'm going to submit to your will ultimately because I love you. I love you. Bottom line. And he finds his his disciples in verse 40 sleeping. They're sleeping. So he tells Peter, so couldn't you keep watch with me for an hour? Couldn't you stay awake for an hour and keep watching? And again, my father, he prays, he goes back again a second time in verse 42. My father, if you... This cannot pass away until I drink it. Let your will be done. And again, came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. It wasn't their fault. They did their best. And he says, you're still sleeping. Take your rest. Look at the hours at hand. The son of man's being delivered to the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. Look, my betrayer is near verse 46. Let's go. And so he's taken into custody and he's he's arrested he's arrested how did think that felt in verse 47 to be arrested and then as he's arrested by judah the betrayer betrays him and even with a kiss shalom rabbi and he kissed him oh two-faced two-faced shalom rabbi oh i love you oh yeah <laughs> Uh, friend and Yeshua addresses him friend do what you've come to do do what you've come to do and they seized him and do you know that even all with all that happened Peter comes to his defense tough Peter pulls out his sword lops you know chops off the ear of the what the servant of the high priest you remember and Yeshua says don't you know if I I could call my father and he'd Place at my side in verse 53, 12 legions, that's 12,000 angels right now. But then the scriptures, how would the scriptures be fulfilled? That it must be so. So he knows this has to happen. And in verse 56, all the disciples fled, abandoning him. So even all his disciples couldn't handle it. And they threw, they left, they, they, they ran The pressure was incredible. We can't imagine how much pressure was going on. So they flee. And now a rigged trial in chapter 26, verse 59. A rigged trial. And they set up false witnesses. False witnesses. I can't imagine what Yeshua... Can we imagine? And may I say God is going to judge those who've mishandled justice throughout history. I believe that with all my, I believe that very much there's been we have so many miscarriages of justice in, intentionally and people paid on I mean, all the stuff that goes on and and I believe there's going to we're going to see it one day justice the scales will be made up but so many are victims are victims of of horrible uh, injustice in courtrooms I've seen it a little bit so it happened to Yeshua and if it's happened to you well it really happened to Yeshua guilty guilty but he wasn't guilty they answered, "Guilty. He deserves death." And he's handed over, handed over. And then, even Peter denies him. He didn't want to. He didn't. But he couldn't handle the pressure. Chapter twenty-six, verse thirty-nine, or verse sixty-nine, rather. Peter is sitting in the courtyard. The servant girl says, to "Her, weren't you? Weren't you the uh, with him with that with the Yeshua of Galilee?" But he denied before everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. And Peter denies it. He says, I don't know the man. I don't know him. Verse 72. And oh, how he felt horrible. Oh, he went out and just wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. That's what I love about when Yeshua restores him later. Don't you love that? And he never brings it up. Never brings it up. Doesn't say Hey, why ha- what happened back there? <laughs> you know, why did that? Ha- why did you do that? Never brings it up. Never brings it up. Just, Peter, do you love me more than these? Feed my sheep. John 21. It's beautiful. Such a beautiful story. Never brings it up. But Peter go- went out and beat himself up. And I love it. I think what saved him, I've taught it years ago. Luke 22, he says... When you are restored, Yeshua believed in him. I believe those words came back to Peter and saved him, and he knew Yeshua was going to use him. In chapter twenty-seven, chapter twenty-seven. Now, after people choose Barabbas instead of Yeshua, in twenty-seven eleven, he could have. He Pilate wants to free him, wants to get, wants to free him, and the people choose don't choose Yeshua. That must have hurt him. All this pain, all this pain, physically, emotionally, spiritually, every way he's going through. They could have chosen him and they didn't. He could have been freed then. And then in verse chapter 27, verse 27. His humiliating, punishing, painful execution. He's scourged, handed over to the to be crucified in verse 26. And now in verse 27, they stripped him. His execution. He's naked. Naked. Have you ever had to peer before people you knew? Everybody? Naked? Completely naked? This is Yeshua. And so he cries. As I said, it's in Aramaic now. Over in, uh, in recorded in Aramaic here, there's reasons for that. But, but the Hebrew is it's the same thing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He cries out in verse 46. So they come to Golgotha before that. They have him crucified. But let's just go up to that. He's stripped. He's mocked. He's uh, in verse 29, 30. They beat him over and over on the head again and again on the head, spit on him, mocked him. Stripped him of the robe again. So he's a couple times. He's left naked a few times. Golgotha, the place of the skull. Crucified, divided his clothing, casting lots. They're gambling over him. How shameful. And now they're, they're mocking him. You who you said you're going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Save yourself. Save yourself. If you're really Ben Elohim, son of God, come down from the stake. Come down. They're mocking him. He saved others. They were saying, but he can't save himself. Oh, he's the king of Israel. Sure, sure he is. All the mocking. And even the outlaws, it says here, who executed him were ridiculing him the same way we know that the other gospel account says that one had a turn of heart. And, and Yeshua said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He had a turn of heart, but actually he's ridiculing him here. And so then comes down to verse 46 here where Yeshua says about the ninth hour, he cries with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama Sabbath chani. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why? Why? Now in quoting one verse from Psalm 22, the entire context is implied. So hence, Yeshua is citing Psalm 22 as referring to himself. This psalm is written over 1,000 years before Yeshua and as I said, probably the most important prophecy David ever inspired was inspired to compose. Because it was a psalm. Of course, the psalms are songs. And it describes his crucifixion. Listen, his crucifixion and his resurrection. His execution and his exaltation. I I was sure of it as I read it myself, and then I read some things that didn't say that. Then I found another account, finally found someone that agreed with me, said, yes, that's what it is. His execution and his exaltation. It's divided in two. Messiah's battle, suffering, and execution in verses in the first half. It'll take two halves, verses one through twenty-two. And that's fulfilled. That happened. Then the second half is not all fulfilled yet. It describes his triumph, his resurrection, and his reign, his coming reign. That hasn't whole, totally been fulfilled, but it will be fulfilled. It will happen. It's amazing. So, his anguishing prayer, all in Psalm 22, we're going to look at it right now, and his celebrative praise, the praise. So, think about this. As we read this, he probably prayed by memory. This entire Psalm when he's on the cross, on the stake, he's probably reciting it by memory, all Psalm twenty-two. Let's read it. My God, my God. Why? Eli Ili Lama tani? why have you forsaken me so far from my deliverance, from the words of my cry? I'm using a translation that's a Hebrew, special Hebrew translation. My God, I call out to you by day, but you don't answer, and at night, and there is no relief for me. And you, Holy One, are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you, our fathers trusted, and they trusted, and you saved them. To you, they cried and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not ashamed. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorn of man and despised by people. All who see me taunt me. They reject me with a curled lip. A shake of the head. Let him commit himself to Adonai. Let him him save him. Let him rescue him. For he desires him. For you took me out of the womb. You made me secure upon my mother's breast. Upon you, I have been cast from birth from my mother's womb. You are my God, Eliata, you are my God. Let's say Eliata, Eliata, you are my God, be not far from me. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is no help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They've gapped their mouths, gaped their mouths upon me. A slashing, roaring lion like waters, I'm like waters. I'm poured out. and all my bones became disjointed. Imagine, on that stake, all his bones out of joint. My heart has become like wax. It melts in my innermost parts. I ah, can't imagine what was happening to him. My strength is dried up like a part shirt. My tongue cleaves to my palate. And the dust of death you set me. For dogs have surrounded me. A company of evildoers have enclosed me. And here we go. Verse 16 or 17 in your translation might be either or. As a lion, my hands and my feet. Which is it? Ka'ari Yadai Virag Lai. Is it as a lion? Like a lion? Or is it they pierced my hands and my feet? Truth being, it could read either way. It could read either way. He's suffering in spirit, soul, and body. Kaari it can mean, can mean, they pierced. The earliest manuscripts, including Dead Sea Scrolls versus medieval Hebrew manuscripts which translate like a lion. It seems to make no sense. Like a lion, my hands and my feet. Without a verb. Like a lion, my hands and my feet. Seems to make no sense. And this is what's used. But in 2222, we see Lion is used, and actually I think it's another place as well, lion is also in the psalm. So it's possible, and to be honest, to be totally honest, it could be. We can't say absolutely. It can't mean like a lion. It could be. But the translation makes sense to us. They pierced. And that's the way we would read it. We would prefer to read it because it makes sense in the context. They pierced my hands, and my feet, because that's what happened. He was thrust through his hands and his feet. Now, what we're reading about, I'm going to to read it, but suffering in spirit, soul, and body. As we're reading, Messiah was to become the Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world. Remember, John, the prophet John saw him, and he says, behold, there he is, the Lamb of God. Who's come from God. Who takes away the sin of the world. Not just Israel. But the whole world. John 129. Here he is again. He says in verse 36 of John. There he is. The lamb from God. Passover lamb. And all the sins placed on him. Despised. Rejected of men. In Isaiah 53. He suffered in every way imaginable. Physically. Bones out of joint. His dignity. Naked. Emotionally, spiritually, all, every single way. And now he's saying, I count all my bones, verse 18. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. For, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, Adonai, he's praying. Picture him praying it on the stake. Be not far off. My strength hasten to help me. Rescue my soul from the sword, from the grip of the dog. My very soul, deliver me from the lion's mouth. For from the horns of uh, Re'emim, you have answered me. Some of the translations don't have it. TLV doesn't have it. It just says from the wild oxen, rescue me. But it's here. It's you have answered me. And that's, I believe, the correct translation. Anitani, Anitani. You have answered me. God heard him. God heard him and answered him. And God hears and answers us. And now there's a shift to the second half of the psalm that's completely, completely different. A complete shift for the second half of the psalm. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I'll praise you. You who fear Adonai, praise him. All of you, the seed of Jacob, glorify him, and be in fear of him. All of you, seed of Israel, verse twenty-eight, they will remember and return to Adonai. All the ends of the earth, call Efsay Aretz, all the ends of the earth, they will bow down before you. All the families of the nations, call Mishpach Pachot, Goyim, all the families of the nations through the kingship is Adonai's. He rules over the nations. Goyim, all he rules, Mashal, he rules over the nations. And so this is future. And then I love the last verse, but we'll look at that last verse in a moment. First, the first verse, when he says, why have you forsaken me? I want to say this. It's OK to question. And actually, it's better than OK. It's good. It's good to question. Why, God? It's how we learn. It's how we come by answers. We only come by answers because we question. And you're not the only one who's ever felt abandoned by God. Yeshua, the perfect son, felt forsaken by his father in heaven, with whom he'd never, ever known separation. The word means azab. To leave you. Why have you left me to disengage? Why have you disengaged me? You completely abandoned and disengaged me. Why? Did the answer come right away? No, it didn't. And do our answers come right away? No, they don't. Usually. They pierced my hands. All this. But the answer at the end, look at the last verse. or Look, verse 21. He says, you have answered me. Anitani, you do answer it's in the it's in the perfect tense, not the imperfect. It should be. You have answered me. God does give an answer eventually in his way. It may not be in our time. It's not in our timing. But the last verse, look at the last verse of the psalm. It's unbelievable. He says. They will come and declare his righteousness to a newborn people. That which he has done. It's not even to a people yet to be born. I like newborn. Like the way this translates it. To a newborn. La'am nolad. La'am Nola. To a newborn people. We de- he will declare. They will come and declare his righteousness. Well, his righteousness. We have... Been justified by faith; therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Being made righteous, he, we have shalom with God through the righteousness of Yeshua. He has made him knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the what the righteousness of God in Him. In 2 Corinthians five twenty one, He has made us righteous through Yeshua, and we are that newborn people. We are being born again. When we're born again, we're newborn. We have now come to know God. And it says here that which he has done. Ki asa. Let's say ki asa. That which. What does he? What did he done? That which he has done. I love this. Let me finish with this. This is amazing. What did he do when he was resurrected? Go back to Matthew. When he was resurrected, and there was a huge earthquake. Chapter twenty-seven, a little further on, verse fifty-one. Behold, it says, he cried out with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Verse 50. And behold, the curtain of the temple, the curtain of the temple, which is the parochet that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, the Kodesh from the Kodesh kodesh, Kodeshim, and only the high priest could enter through that place once and only once a year on Yom Kippur. The curtain split. It says, from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split apart. Yeah, amen. Isn't that amazing? The cur- Can you imagine that happening? The curtain split, top to bottom, earthquake. Now, I think it's the same earthquake. I think, I could be wrong, but that happens in, you see it written in, Chapter 28, verse 2, suddenly when when Miriam Magdala and the other Miriam came, looked to the tomb after the three days, suddenly there was a great earthquake and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, rolled back the stone and sat on it. And so Yeshua is gone. There was an earthquake. So, but either way, this is what happened. Yeshua split the curtain because the work was finished Yeshua said he cried from the cross. It is finished. It is finished. It is done. And in his through his atonement, the work is finished. The atonement is made. His blood has accomplished it. So sins are forgiven. We have we have all the forgiveness of God through him, as if we're willing to trust him to receive him and his resurrection has sealed it, has made sure that light that we now have eternal life. And resurrection is sure and coming, and and uh, and it's amazing. And we have entrance into the holy of holies. That's what it was. It would mean that now everyone can enter into the holy of holies. The writer of Hebrews, or I like David Stern, calls the writes calls the book not Hebrews, but the book of Messianic Jews, and titles it instead. Hebrews, chapter uh, ten, verses ten through fourteen. I'll, I'll read by the, his will we have been made holy through the offering of the body of Messiah Yeshua once for all. Indeed, every Kohen, every priest stands day by day serving and offering the same sacrifices again and again that can never take away sins with the temple when it was standing. But on the other hand, when this one offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet, for by one offering Hebrews ten fourteen by one offering he has perfected forever those being made holy. Then down to Amen. Then verse nineteen. For, therefore, my brothers and sisters, we have boldness, we have confidence, we have free speaking. And the actual Greek word means we, we to enter into the holies, the holy of holies, by the blood of Yeshua. He inaugurated. A new and living way for us through the curtain, the parochet, the curtain that is his flesh. We also have a Kohen Gadol, a high priest over God's household. So let us draw near. Let us draw near. So that's what happened. We go back to uh, Matthew 28. The angel tells them, says, come and see the place where he was lying. And then go and tell. Come, go quickly now and Tell. His disciples, go tell them, it's happened, it's happened. And they, they, there's two fear knots. don't fear, don't be afraid, don't fear. I'm sure they would have been seeing the angels and, so, and what happened, but, but he says that to the women twice. And, and, uh, and Yeshua, when he greets them, the, the TLV translates it shalom, and that's nice, you know, because he says shalom, but, but really it, it, it's not really that. It really is chairo in the Greek. It's really rejoice. He said Rejoice. The Hebrew equivalent would really be uh, tismahu. Let's say tismahu. <laughs> tismahu from samach. Samach, the Hebrew word for rejoice. Rejoice. <laughs> Let out that emotion. Rejoice. Death is, death is conquered. Hallelujah. Death is conquered. It's finished. It's finished. Rejoice. Tell him death is defeated. We have won. You know, he won. He won. He won. He, won. he was executed, but he won. And death is defeated. And we ha- and because he lives, we are going to live also like he promised us. So, Lord, we thank you for the, your word today. We thank you for that tomorrow is the morning. It's, you know, I guess the day that all around the world people are remembering your resurrection, Lord, and that it happened. We thank you, but we thank you for identifying with us for all that or we can identify with you because you identify with us all that you suffered no, we can't imagine the suffering you went through. No one can. And yet, you went through it because you loved your father so much and because you loved us so much. And you didn't quit. Even though it felt like he quit on you. Felt like he did. Felt like he abandoned you. And he maybe had to for that brief time when you became our sin. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, Lord, for not abandoning us, for dying for our, us. And we thank you for the victory, for staying th- true and, and winning and uh, conquering death. And, we're, and that we have so much to look forward to through everything. We thank you and praise you. And if you are listening today and you don't have that hope in you, again, you've, you've already Jeff already mentioned it earlier, gave that invitation earlier. But if you didn't pray to receive Yeshua, do it now. Say, Lord, I'm humbling myself. I'm receiving you. I'm being smart, doing, making the smart decision to trust you, to give myself to you, and receive your finished work of salvation uh, that you accomplished on our my behalf. Thank you for dying for me. In the name of Yeshua, the ruler of peace, amen. Shabbat shalom.